Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we're speaking with Shay Haddo. Shay and I connected in a mastermind in 2020, and she is a confidence and mental performance coach. She talks all about building unshakable confidence, which is such a great topic right now. But she goes a step further. So Shay is an expert coach and speaker on confidence and mindset for female athletes. Having worked with hundreds of female athletes, parents, and coaches from across the country, she's empowering girl athletes to build unshakable confidence so they can live and play to their fullest potential. After overcoming her own struggles with confidence throughout her childhood and athletic career, Shay knew that it was her life's purpose to provide female athletes with the mentorship that she wished she'd had when she was younger. She has dedicated her life to empowering female athletes of all ages to uncover their greatest superpower of all, allowing them to break free from their limitations and live a confident, empowered life. We have a great conversation as she shares what some key tips about improving your confidence, why now it's so important for young female athletes as well as for college level athletes, but especially in this time right now where we're still going through this pandemic and how it's affecting kids and how it's affecting their confidence and how it's impacting parents who are trying their best with the situation that they have on hand. And she really offers incredible support through her own coaching, through her Facebook group, through her mentorship her podcast and her book. And I love the work that she's doing out in the world. I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Shay. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thanks, Marsha. I can't wait. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I want to get into some questions so people can get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? I am from Salt Lake City, Utah, but I currently live in Sacramento, California. So moved here about, I forget, maybe four or five years ago. Nice. California. How warm is it there today? Oh, it's, it's getting to 90 today, which is a little hot for April, but we're getting pretty hot. hot. So not, not my favorite, but yeah, I like (laughs) it better than Utah. I'm sure I, in some ways we would be like Utah weather, not exactly the same, but we have our winters. We have the, you know, it's not always hot, hot. And if it is, it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Yep. Um, can I ask you, are you a reader? And if you are, what has been an impactful book for you? I am a reader as I don't know if everyone else can see, but the, the bookcase okay. behind me and it, it keeps filling up and I'm like, yay, I can't wait to get a new, a new book, a bookshelf. Um, so a couple of the like really impactful books, like it's so hard for me to think of 
just one or two, but the big leap by Gay Hendricks um, was phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Such a a mindset shift um, with his book. And then I'm like looking back at my, my bookcase right now. (laughs) Um, Like just the classic um, like mindset by Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, it's been years and years and years since I've read that. Um, But I love books. Um, Jim Quick, Jim Quick's book, Limitless, um, Jay Shetty, um, Think Like a Monk. Like I love those kind of Mm -hmm. really, um, you know, mindset type books and personal development. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You'll find some of those similar books on my shelf too. I can't tell you how many times when I'm recording a podcast and people are doing this and they're looking and I'm like, what's wrong? And they're they're like, like, trying to read what's on your shelf. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, can I ask you who has been a mentor for you? It can be somebody that you know, or somebody that you don't know. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mentors is like, I have, I always have mentors, always Mm -hmm. have mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say Back in my college career, one of my mentors that really shifted my the trajectory of my my athletic career was uh, he was my sports psychology professor. His name was Doc Gordon. Mm-hmm. He was um, he was he's a sports psychologist for a lot of the USA ski teams and such as well as been to the Olympics. But he was my my professor for um, and then for for school and then also worked with us worked with a soccer team and then also he was on my committee in my master's program. So he's really the person that started the, the shift in me to like start working on my confidence and my mindset to Mm -hmm. improve my athletic performance. I love that. I love that. Can I ask what lights you up the most? What drives you? I'm obsessed with learning and I'm obsessed with growing. Mm. Like that's what, when I, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. When I just think about, oh my gosh, like I get, I get to go learn these things today. Mm-hmm. Like that's what lights me up. Just learning as a person, as a business owner, absolutely obsessed with it. I love it. And when we say learning and growing, and I, first off, I want to say when you use the words get to, I, I this morning I tagged you in it, but it was like, I looked at my, oh, yeah. I looked at my day last night and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a very busy Monday. And then I could feel myself all of a sudden going into all these things. I'm like, no, you get to do this. This is what you get to do. This is exactly what you wanted to create. So it's amazing. Our words have so much power and literally everybody I talk to who's on this podcast, they have a need, a growth, like a want to learn to grow more. They do. They, they literally do. So you're in great company. Speaking of growth and learning, I love you talked about like in a nutshell, your story is from reluctant to resilient. So talk to us a little bit about your story, where you started with being reluctant and how you learned how to become resilient. Yeah, actually our good friend, Alex Street, um, helped me with the story from reluctance to resilience. So Alex, shout out to you if you're listening. Love Alex. Yeah. Yeah. So, so growing up, I, I was a really confident athlete when I, when I first started playing all the way up until I was 12 years old. Um, but when I was 12 years old, I tore my ACL, uh, which took a really big hit to my confidence. I lost all of my speed. I totally had to change the way that I played. Mm -hmm. And with that was like, my confidence took a huge hit. Um, when I, when I was playing all of a sudden I went from being really, um, confident to then like overthinking every mistake. I was reluctant to go out and 
play to my full potential. Mm-hmm. I was reluctant to go out and, and actually try because I was afraid of making mistakes. I was reluctant to go out and make new friends because I was worried about what they were going to think of me. And so that followed me all the way from that age 12 to my college career. So when I was a junior, followed me all the way till, till then. When I was a junior, I got injured again. I lost my starting spot and I just tanked again. <laughs> I I went from like owning like my own future to then I started blaming other people for mm-hmm. my lack of playing time. I was just stuck in this perpetual state of of blame and and self-doubt and you know, just, just not being a good teammate, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then it was my mentor, Doc Gordon, who really like when I started taking his sports psychology classes, I was like, wow, like our mind really is powerful. And like, if I start working on my mindset, it's probably going to help me to play with more confidence, get more playing time, have more fun. Because I've many times in my career, I went from, you know, not doing very well and then starting to hate the game. So I like lost a lot of love for the game as well. So I knew that working on my mindset and my confidence would help me to not only have more fun, but also, you know, play better. So it was then when I started realizing like, all right, Shay, this is your last year, senior year. This is your last year to like really make this, make this the best year yet. And so I started diving into visualization and I started diving into, that might've been, I can't remember when I read Mindset by Carol Dweck, um, but that was the time when I was like, just decided to take responsibility for my future. I stopped blaming my coach. I stopped blaming my teammates. And I just really made the decision that this is going to be the best year yet. And so I went out, I had an amazing senior season, was team captain, got some other awards, but had an amazing season. And it really like was the, the starter, the catalyst to me, you know, going from reluctance in life, right. Through all these ups and downs in life to now, like every single day I'm trying to get better. And I think that was really the catalyst of from reluctance to resilience. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's amazing how many people have a story or something that happened. A lot of times it's like 12, 13. It's that yeah. those ages when you're trying to build some confidence in yourself and something steps you backwards. And I love the concept of blame and ownership. I, I talk about it a lot because they they sit on the opposite end of the spectrum. Every time we're blaming somebody, mm-hmm. we have no personal power, right? We're waiting. Absolutely for this person to change their circumstances and it requires Mm. taking responsibility and being in full ownership of how you show up and what you do. I love that. So once you got to that space, do you find that something that you work on every day? And what does that look like in order to stay in that mindset of growth and ownership and responsibility? Yeah. So like, I think a lot of a big misconception with the, the people that come into my circle, which is parents of youth athletes and and youth athletes themselves, I think they, they feel like, you know, if I work on my confidence a few times, like all of a sudden I'm going to have arrived. Right. And it's absolutely not that way. So I pride myself as a leader and a coach that I will never ask my, my, the people I work with to do something that I'm not already doing or willing to do myself. Right. So every single day, the stuff I tell them is the stuff that I'm doing as well. 
whether it's, you know, writing affirmations, it's journaling, it's keeping track of the things that went well, it's meditation, it's visualization. So there's all these things that I do every single day, because if I don't, then I know I'm going to stop growing. And when that happens, I may not see the negative results right away, but I will see them later down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know that if I stop growing and if I stop learning that number one, I'm not going to be happy, but number two, those, the, the consequences of those actions is going to manifest, you know, maybe two months, three months, maybe even four months down the road. I love that you said that. I think that's such a great point because it's the consistency, right? I guess it's the same thing if we're trying to improve our health and get into shape. Yeah. We can't just go to the gym once and then have like everything just works out. It's not how it works, but our good habit, right. that's a part of all of it. So if we let go of those self-care things, which as a human, I do all the time, completely honest. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. why am I not reacting well? Why am I not sleeping well? Like what is wrong with me? And I'm like, oh, right. I find as soon as I let go of those self-care things, then I end up reacting to life instead yes. of living with intention. And every time you're reacting, it's just, I can't, I can't get ahead. I feel like I'm in yes. such a ping pong place. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we're like, oh, what, what's wrong? And a lot of times it is those little acts of self-care that, that keeps you on track. Um, so yeah, I love that you said it's, it's just those, those little things. Sometimes that can make the biggest difference. Huge, huge difference. So you then finish college and you come out and you are now in this space that you work with young girls primarily, right? Tell us about what you do now. Like, cause I, I mean, obviously the path that you walked helped to set you up for what you do now. And it was part of it, but share that with us and then let us know exactly what it is that you do with the young girls in your program. Yeah. I mean, my story is exactly why I do what I do now. Right. So I work with youth, female athletes, even college athletes, um, to help them build unshakable confidence so that they can not only really like play to their full potential, but also so that they can live to their full potential. So for me, it's yes, I want to help the girls I work with become more confident athletes, But for me, it's way, way, way bigger than that. For me, it's helping them to become confident people so they can become confident leaders so that they can really become the architect of their own life, Mm -hmm. right? For me, it's about, honestly, this sounds super cliche and cheesy, but it's helping the next generation to make our world a better place. That's what it comes down to for me. And the byproduct of of that is that they're more confident athletes. Mm -hmm. So that's just the symptom of, of being a more confident person, which is my ultimate goal. I love it. You're pouring into them and they are our next leaders. They are. And I, I mean, I grew up playing all kinds of sports. I was definitely the athletic, um, more athletic, and I loved all team sports and activities like that. Um, I was always attracted to like the true stories of people who overcame something, the athletes mm-hmm. who overcame an injury, like that was my kind of thing, but no one talked about it. Like there was nobody who yeah. talked about the mindset piece. So I often think about like, what would that have looked like to have been able to pour into? I think it's fantastic that you do that. So how do you do that? And what does it look like? How do you work with the young athletes that you work with? Yeah. So initially it started as just like, 
when, when before COVID, right? Pre-COVID, it started out as doing like these in-person confidence workshops. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And then it kind of evolved into one-on-one confidence coaching. And I still do one-on-one confidence coaching with like college level athletes. Um, But the main thing that I do is, is group coaching with middle school, high school athletes. And it's really, really powerful because like, I feel like they get so much more out of the, like, not just from me, like I'm not the reason they're succeeding. They're succeeding because of each other, Mm -hmm. because as teenage athletes, a lot of times they feel like they're alone and that they're the only ones dealing with lack of confidence, that they're the only ones um, dealing with comparison. So, so they feel really alone before they, they come into my circle. Mm -hmm. And then once they come in, it's like, wow, like I'm not alone. And so it's really cool to be able to coach and mentor them, but also to see them coaching each other and to see them like lifting each other up. Cause I'm all about like, especially with women and girls, like we're so used to competing and competing and I'm better than her. And if she's doing well, I'm not. And so I try to create this really cool environment where like you, we are trying to lift each other up and don't you ever dare put someone down. Mm. Right. So I'm really big in that and just creating this like really empowering environment for teenage girls. That's awesome. I love that. I, I, oh, I would have loved to have been part of it because I just, I remember, Me too. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, and that's the thing, right? We create what we wish was around. Yeah. Now, a lot of us, we create yeah. what we wish was around. When I think of um, high school for me, um, I had a lot more friends who were boys because some mm-hmm. of the girls were just like, oh my gosh, can we just, can we stop tearing each other apart is what it felt like. So I just didn't, if it wasn't for sports, I'm not sure where I would have fit in. I don't, I don't know where I would have fit in, to be honest. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. I totally agree because on my teams, obviously those were my only, only girlfriends was on my teams. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it was, I had friends that were all boys pretty much. Pretty much the same way. I'm like, where would I have fit in? Right. And then also it's like all of my friends, I was really, really lucky that pretty much all the teams I was on, we didn't have to deal with drama or, or cattiness or any of that. So I was really lucky in all my teams that we had a really good team environments, but a lot of girls not so lucky. There's so many bad team environments out there that really tear for these girls' confidence down. So that's one of the big things that we work on. Yeah, no, I love that. Now, twofold question. I want to know how your business has shifted since COVID. And I want to talk about um, the second part is, have you noticed changes in kids Mm -hmm. during this time of Mm -hmm. COVID as far as like confidence, mental health, because for, again, Mm -hmm. we go back to like sports saved my life. Like I loved, so I have friends right now who have kids who are like, these kids are just, we're still very much in lockdown here. And so it's, it's the things that they had to help their confidence. They don't have access to right now. So tell us a little bit about how your business shifted and what you see differently now and why this work is so important. Yeah. So my business was actually already starting to shift like before COVID. So actually before I was doing confidence coaching, I was doing like, like it was like a soccer training academy. So it was like technical soccer coaching. So that's what it was. And then I already had started doing confidence stuff 
um, before COVID actually February before COVID was when I first started doing online confidence coaching. And then COVID really gave me the push that I needed to go full into confidence coaching. Cause I wanted to, but I kept like holding back and be like, Oh, like the self doubt started to come up. Mm-hmm. But then when COVID happened, it was like, all right, like, here you go, Shay, <laughs> like yeah. you, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah. Right. So it really gave me the push that I needed to fully transition online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to, kind of to the the second part of your question is with kids, COVID has been so, I mean, it's been hard on everybody, but it's been so hard on kids. Like there's so many players and, and parents, actually, there's so many parents that I talk to and, you know, I'll be like, well, how long has your, has your daughter been struggling? And it's like, oh, maybe like a year or so. And I'm like, okay, what do you think? you know, contributed to that. And a lot of the time they say, you know what, she was doing really good before, before the shutdowns, but the shutdowns just were really, really hard on her. Yeah. Right. And so, cause they, they weren't able to see their friends. They weren't able to go out and play. Like they lost the social connection. They lost the, the physical stuff. And so that was really hard on, on not only like their social, but also anxiety. I saw anxiety skyrocket, whether it was just heightened anxiety because they can't do what they want to do or anxiety around, oh, is my my grandma going to be okay? Is my mom going to be okay? Just kind of, you know, around COVID in general. Um, but it's just been, honestly, it, there's many times when it breaks my heart yeah. because of the things that kids are going through. And I always tell them, I say, girls, I have so much respect for you guys because you guys are going through something that I don't know how I would have got through when I was your age. Like you guys are here for a reason and you guys are the strongest generation. Like I think that they have to be the strongest generation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I love that. Yeah. And so it's just, it's been hard. Um, which for me, it's like, I, it, it gives me the push even more that like, this is what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I need to show up even more because kids are struggling now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I look at it like it, like I said, it breaks my heart because mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not saying before anybody freaks out, it's not saying we don't think it's real. It's not saying it's nothing about that. It's just watching that for some of us, like my world became everything online. Everything is online, which is fine. I can figure it out and all these things, but I Mm -hmm. found myself, I'm still like, I have so many different connections and I forget sometimes that this isn't how other people are living. So when people would say, well, it's very isolating. I'm like, really? Cause I'm on zoom like 10 hours a day. This the point. It was just, but I forget, right. You forget. Right. And, and for some, there is no social interaction and mm-hmm. that's not healthy. It's not good. And I, I feel for them. So first off, I think yeah. it's great that you feed into them about, you know, that that's really, they are going to be resilient generation. I just want to keep feeding into that. Um, because I want to believe that. And that's where I want my energy to go. What advice would you give to parents right now, as you're talking about confidence, just from things that you're seeing and you're seeing Mm -hmm. with some of the kids that you're seeing right now? I mean, this isn't really related to COVID specifically, and I don't know if that's okay. No, it's all good. But I've, I've been, so I'm not a parent myself. I don't think I ever will be. Um, so I, I do quite a bit of research and I try to learn about how parents can specifically help their kids. Cause I'm helping the kids specifically, but I'm only one person 
they're with their parents way more than they're with me. It it really does take a village. So, and I, and I don't know, I don't want to like rough. Well, I guess we can ruffle some feathers. That's fine. We can can do whatever we want. (laughs) I feel like with this generation that kids now, I feel like they're so overly protected. I feel like so many parents don't let their kids fail. They don't let them mess up. I think that's the biggest thing that parents can do is let your kids go through it. Like let them fail, let them mess up, obviously be there for them, but it's like they learn. There's just so many negatives that can come out of saving your kid from, from messing up and failing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then when they get to, you know, high school, college after that, it's like, mom, dad, where are you at? Like we get so afraid of failure and we don't know, we have no exposure to failure if you never let your kid fail and failure is the fastest way to success if you have the right mindset about it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's the number one thing is just like letting your kids get their knees dirty, letting them, letting them crash and burn sometimes, you know, because that's where we learn the most. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you went there. I mean, as a parent, I have two grown boys. We went through our fair share of real challenges when they were teens. And I remember at one point just saying like, let him fail. Like if he, if he's not going to school, he's not participating, let him fail. And the school yeah. saying, are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah. Like it's, what do you mean? Am I okay with that? It's so strange, but it was like, no, I'm more than fine with it because let them fail at 15 and 16 instead of 25 for the first time. Yes. If we push them through in a sense that they're untouchable and that they can't do anything wrong, then the first thing that goes wrong, they don't know what to do with. And I also think that if we look at all of us, like, where did we learn the most? It was, we became resilient when we fell, when we figured out like, okay, do I want to do it this way or do I want to do it another way? And so I love that you said that. I think that that's really, really important. Um, I find right now, again, I'm not comparing because I'm not in that state. I have friends who are trying to raise little kids, online learning, work full time, and they're losing their mind. I have friends who are raising teens who are not coming out of their rooms. They're only online. They're barely doing school. I don't know the answers. I don't know the answers with it. Um, But I do think that as a, as a mom said to me once that this is the most horrific thing that has ever happened to my kids. And I'm like, you have to not call it that either because we are setting them up that this is like, what they make of this, what we all make of this is up to us and what we do with it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious on your thoughts on that. Yep. No, I totally agree. Cause it's for everybody. It's like, there's people that have like really had a really, really hard time with this. And there's people that have excelled during this time, mm-hmm. right? Like for me, I would say I've done really good during COVID, mm-hmm. right? COVID has been really good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that there's, there are some kids out there that they've gotten better from it. So it really is just a mindset. And I know that there's a lot of things that are out of your control, but there's also a lot of things that are in, in your control. That's mm-hmm. all up here. Right. 100%. I'm pointing to my head. For okay. No, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. My, my oldest son is, um, very, very smart, much more of an introvert introvert. And he mm-hmm. is like excelling now. He's like, this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Like, it's like, whereas my <laughs> other son's very social and he's like, this is really hard. So it's, it all depends on, mm-hmm on, on the kid and how that works. So totally going forward, where do you see this continuing to grow or where do you want it to grow in what areas and how do you want your business to, to grow or how do you want to reach more, more kids? Yeah. 
I'm, I'm so excited for the future. Like I'm so excited for it. So what I see, um, I'm actually launching kind of, it's still going to be a group program, but it's going to move more into this. I want to create the biggest community out there Mm -hmm. for not only the athletes for teenage athletes, but also for their parents. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to create this really big kind of membership community. It's going to be called the alpha girl collective. So it's just this collective of, of girls and, and parents that are trying to raise up the next generation to just improve our world. Right. So that's the way that I see me growing and this, the, the business growing and really reaching more, more girls. Um, I have my podcast too, doing more with my podcast right now. I, I do one episode a week. I'm going to move to two episodes a week. So I'm just really like, I feel like this is my season of growth, but also my season of being in alignment with me. Mm. So a lot of the time I'm more, I'm so such a doer. I'm always going, 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 but I've realized that when I do that, I, I can burn out mm-hmm. and I'm really bad at setting boundaries. This is also a season for me of growing. Yes. But also taking care of me and doing only what lights me up. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I think you and I have a lot in common. I'm very much, I, when it comes, I'm so good on boundaries in all areas of my life, except for business. I yeah, get totally stuff and I'm working and I'm like, Oh my God, how's that been like six hours straight? What am I doing here? I haven't eaten. I haven't done the what, like I, I forget mm. the things that I need in order to be that version. So Absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. It's all about let's grow, but it's in alignment with the direction that I want to go to, because I also want to play a long game here. Like I don't want to burn mm-hmm. out twice a year again. I want to mm-hmm. be able to do this long-term and still love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just went through a burnout a couple months ago and I was just like, like there, I, I gotta, I gotta do something different, mm-hmm. not only for me, but for the people I'm serving. Cause I wasn't showing up how I, how I need to show up. Yeah. You have to give to you first hundred percent. And then what you have left over, like the overflow is what you can feed others. And that's a, that's a tough concept for a lot of people. I totally get it. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, So it's called the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast. I started it. I always forget, but I think it was the very end of 2018. So it's been two, uh, two years. Um, I've got about 120 episodes, but I'm really proud of myself with this podcast because like it's, it's. My my intention was never to make this like a top rated podcast, which now heck, why not? Right. But my intention was like literally, if I can just help one girl, like it's totally worth it for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was just my way of like really getting my message out there because I don't know, like, there's more podcasts out there now, but like at the time, I don't think there was any podcast specifically for teenage female athletes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I know podcasts are still growing on that generation and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I've been really proud of myself that I haven't missed an episode since I started like every single week I've put out an episode and consistency is like my middle name. Like that's something I really pride myself on is being consistent. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, if you're consistent, you'll win. Um, so yeah, I'm just, it's, it's my baby. I always call it. It's my baby. It's, um, I, I absolutely love it. And it's, it's continuing to reach more and more people. I love it. I I am with you. I think I started my podcast in 2017 at the end of the year in 2017. And 
it was just messy action. Like it was, <laughs> yep, it was totally so messy. Somebody, somebody said to me, I listened to one of your first podcasts. Like it's really come a long ways. I'm like, I hope so. Like, I really hope well, so. Thanks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I leave that totally. work out there on purpose, on purpose. I leave yeah. that work out there because I, it's like, we all, we can't wait for things to be perfect to start. We have to start. Absolutely. Yeah. So you. if I could ask you, what would be like two or three tips that you would give somebody, if it's a young, young girl or anyone to, that they could do to improve their own confidence? Yeah. I'm going to definitely say this could be for anyone. Like the stuff that. I teach, it's lit- literally anyone, business person, mom, dad, grandma, um, teenage athlete, doesn't matter. So the first thing that I will say is we have to change the way that you talk to yourself. If you want to become more confident you have to change the way that you talk to yourself. Most of the time, right out of our 70,000 plus thoughts that run through our head, head, a lot of the time, those thoughts aren't very nice Mm -hmm. and you can never become confident. And honestly, in my opinion, never be truly successful and happy if you're talking to yourself, like, like you don't love yourself. Right. Right. So I always like to say, Hey, start talking to yourself like you would a good friend, because I guarantee you, you wouldn't go up to a a friend after they messed up and said, you sucked. Why'd you do that? No, you would never do that. So it's like, what would you say to a friend in that situation? You'd say, Hey, it's all right. Keep trying. Right. You would say something like that. So number one is change the way you talk to yourself. And with that, you have to be aware of how you're talking to yourself in order to change it. Right. So the first step in that is, is be aware of it because with our negative thoughts and most of our thoughts, they're just so automatic that we don't even, we don't even know they're happening. Right. So being aware of those negative thoughts, and then you can then go on and like, you know, thanks negative thought. I don't need you. You don't serve me and let's replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the first thing. Um, A second thing I would say is, is honestly just to take action. Um, I think so many times people don't take action because they're scared of the outcome or because they don't believe in themselves quite yet. But I always say like, and I, this is just my opinion, but I don't think that you have to believe in yourself to, t- to take action. Like, just like we talked about messy action, mm-hmm. like my book, for example, I didn't believe that I was a good author or a good writer, but I just wrote the book anyways. And now it's done awesome. Right? I love so that. just take action. Mm-hmm. And and when we take action, number one, if you take action, two things will happen. Number one, you'll see results. And the more results you get, the more confidence you build because confidence comes from results. Mm-hmm. Or number two, you'll fail, but you'll learn from it. So in my opinion, it's a win-win, <laughs> right? Taking action is a win-win. You either win or you learn. And there's a really good quote, and I can't remember who I heard it from, I don't think I, I, I don't know. John Maxwell has a couple of quotes on this, but yeah, yeah. It's basically like, there is no, there's no, I, I, I'm going to butcher it. So never mind. (laughs) Can't remember. So so I don't, well, maybe we're thinking of the same one. Maybe we're not, but the, the one I'm thinking of is you either get the outcome that you wanted or the lesson that you needed. Mm. Oh, that's, I love that quote. Cause really when you take action, do something scary, whatever, those are really one of the two outcomes that can come from it. And a lot of the time, the lesson that you needed is actually more important than the outcome that you wanted. (laughs) Because we don't learn from our successes nearly as much as we learn from our failures. 
No, that is so powerful. I just want that to land again, that like the, we don't always get the outcome that we want, but we get the lesson that we need. And the lesson that we need a lot of times is even more powerful than the outcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That is so good. What is the name of your book? It's called She the Confident. Mm -hmm. She the Confident. It's a super easy read. Um, I've had Man, I've actually had, I talked to a seven and a half year old who read it. Um, So I've had really young kids read it. And then I've had like, I've had college teams buy it. So it doesn't matter what age you are, even boys. um, It's just a really simple read. Mm -hmm. They really like, it's a good introduction to mindset, to confidence strategies after each chapter. I I have action steps because I'm all about taking action. So it's like, we're learning about the thing and then it's okay. Here's what you need to go do with this information. So it's, it. it's a really good read for, for honestly, I think all, um, not even athletes, but, but just all teenage girls in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love how, if you really like, just take a second and dissect your whole backstory to now, like it is literally been, <clears throat> pardon me, it's literally been learning how to build your confidence, become more resilient. And then you pour that back into kids. I love it. Yeah. And every new level, if you want to call it that, you're good. Every new level is like every, every time I'm getting a new level, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. And in that I have to find ways to build more confidence because as I go to next levels, it's not like I don't ever experience self-doubt. Like I experience self-doubt plenty of times, mm-hmm. but I don't let that self-doubt stop me, right? I, I push through anyways. And in doing that, that's where I build a lot of confidence. Yeah, I, that is so good. That is so, so, so good. I will make sure all of your connections are available um, in the show notes. Where do you hang out the most? I hang out on Instagram the most, I would say. Um, but also for parents, I hang out on Facebook a lot because that's where a lot of parents are too. Um, I have a really awesome, it's at like 3,200 people in my Facebook group for parents um, where I go, I do a live training every single week in there for parents and players. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Facebook, um, I'm, I'm on both of those. I love that you do that and you do that live training for parents as well, because I think that there's, I, as, as we talk about these kids right now, dealing with the effects of the pandemic and the isolation, I don't know if there's a lot available for parents. I I shared it on another podcast, but last week I saw, we went back into another lockdown and I saw a dad make a comment and just saying, he doesn't know how to keep doing this. He's trying to parent his kids, Mm -hmm. trying to go to school. And I thought this might be one of the only times that he's actually reached out and said, I'm struggling. That poor man was eaten alive online. I was just, I was sick to my stomach watching it. Wow. Really? Yep. People were saying, if you learned how to discipline your kids, if you learned how to be a better parent, I'm like, what are we doing Mm. right now? Why are we becoming so divisive and like just, just completely drawn on two opposite ends of the spectrum. When I thought here, especially as a man, this might be one of the first times he has actually spoken Mm -hmm. up because he wasn't even complaining. He said it from a standpoint of my, I mean, we're grateful. My wife still has her job. We have lots to be grateful for. I just don't Mm -hmm. know how to keep doing this. Like I need help. I need help is exactly what he was asking. So I appreciate that you are pouring back into parents right now. Cause I think that that is really important too. 
Yeah. And like we talked about, it's, it's hard for kids right now, but it's probably just as hard for the parents of those kids. Like I can't imagine. Oh, so I, shout out to all you parents out there. Exactly. Big shout out to you. We yeah. said my husband, I say it all the time. Like, it's just, it's, I can get frustrated and I'm like, okay, but we have this to be grateful for. We are good. Everything mm-hmm. is okay. Like it's just being in that space. Yeah. Can I ask you, what is the impact that you want to create in the world? Mm. I, I'm sure I already kind of talked about mm-hmm. this, but really for me, it's helping to empower teenage girls and not just teenage girls, but everyone, honestly, but specifically teenage girls to be confident, mm-hmm. to be resilient and to be leaders so that they can create a life that they love, that they're proud of. And so that they can go out and start their own businesses. They can be leaders. They can be change makers to make this world a better place. It's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. And you are absolutely doing that. Thank you so much for being here today. Honestly, it's been fantastic. I have one question for you. And one last question is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, wow. Um, Off the top of my head, I would say to just, um, I'm actually going to use a quote here. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it's by Michael Jackson, but it's, um, it's better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. So for me, it's just about being authentic. The more authentic you are to yourself, the more you're going to attract what you want out of life. And I've, I've spent a lot of my life in my childhood, not being authentic. And it just, it was, it's not a way to live. Um, so that's what I pride myself on is just being authentic. And if people like me, that's great. If they don't, then, then you just have to be okay with that. Cause they're, they weren't meant to be in your life anyways. Exactly. Seven, 8 billion people on the planet. We're good. Not everybody is meant to like us and (laughs) it's just not. And for us to think and reshape ourselves, to think that we will be liked by everyone, that's never going to happen anyways. No, no. No. Yeah. So just be you, honestly. That's a great quote. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being here today and for sharing so much incredible content and support for the parents, the kids and everyone out there. Mm -hmm. And I love the work that you're doing. Thank you, Marsha. This was an incredible conversation. So I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.